Good morning, Chair City Church. How are you? How you doing? You know, it's not only about us, right? It's about other people out there, those in our city, those out there in Fitchburg, Cairnets and Fitchburg. Uh, several weeks ago, over the course of several weeks, we put out those baby bottles out there. A bunch of you just took them home. You gave hundreds. We added some more. So either we did it the ending of last week or this week, we're sending them a check for $500. That's fantastic. Way to go. You know, I mean, just, I don't know. I'm thinking it's got to be a difficult thing. You find out one day you're a woman, a young woman, and you're with child, and, and, uh, and certain circumstances, it can seem very overwhelming, uh, especially those young women that walk into Karenet and Fitchburg. Uh, be daunting, you know, uh, uncertainty, uh, doubt, fear, uh, a lack of resources. Where do I turn to? Where, where, where do I lean on? What do I, I do, right? I mean, one minute, one minute, this was my life. The next moment, this is my life now. What do I do? Things are overwhelming me, right? Last week, we talked about how do we stand strong when things go wrong. I spoke about turning to God, right, when difficulty comes on us. I talked about leaning on one another, huh? And thank God for those people there at Cairnet who provide persons that when that young woman walks in there, that she has someone to lean on, someone to turn to, right? Says life is full of ups and downs, right? We talk about life happens. Sometimes there are these mountaintop moments, like yee-haw, right? Yahoo, yippee-yay, right? And sometimes there are these bad, difficult, painful moments. I want to talk to you about this idea about mountaintops and valleys, valleys and mountaintops, about how, you know, they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, you know, days and weeks and seasons. Often they can be close together, huh? But I want you to know this. Between last week and after this week, I want you to gain spiritually. I want you to grow spiritually every day in every way. We're what? Come on, we're getting better and better. Do I have to hang it up in your bedroom like I do in my kids? My kids have that saying on their wall, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. That's sanctification. That's Christ-like. That's moving towards eternity. Huh? That's glorifying God. I want you to gain in your spiritual strength. I want you to gain in your emotional strength today. Let's jump. I want you to believe that you, if, if you have entered into this thing we call following Jesus, that you are getting stronger. More that you're getting stronger. Psalm 84, I'm going to jump into it. Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Now, this is David. This is before he's the king. This is David, persecuted by Saul on the run. Life is overwhelming. It's difficult. It's mayhem. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. He can't be there, but he remembers how lovely it was. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. How I yearn to be with others. How I yearn to be amongst those who are worshiping and praising God. How I yearn to be in that community of believers worshiping you, God. But I'm on the run right now. I'm in a cave right now. He says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. See, he's a living God. He's not a used to be God. He's not a want to be God. He's not a maybe God. He's not an only, you know, uh, you know uh, God who cre- creator God but doesn't sustain a God. He is a living, active, and loving God, yes? And he, he's our God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself. 
where she may have her young, a place near your altar. We can go before the throne of God knowing that we'll have mercy and grace. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising to you. Now listen carefully. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrimage. That's saying, that, and I've come to believe that life is a journey. What David's saying is that life is a journey. And as I'm going through life, as we're going through life, we want to know that God is our source of strength. Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca. So this word Baca in the Hebrew means like weeping, crying, mourning. And they named that valley Baca because when you, they would go through it, there were these trees, kind of maybe somewhat similar to our balsam trees, and, and sap of a type would drip down. So it looked like the trees were crying. And what David is saying is, as they pass through the valley, he's not saying they stay in the valley. He's not saying they implode in the valley. He's not saying they camp out in the valley. He's not saying the valley becomes their identity and who they are. He's not saying they're defined by the valley. They ain't going to be buried in the valley. He's saying, as they pass, he says, I'm going to pass through it. They are going to pass through it. We are going to pass through it. And listen to what he says about those who pass through the valley. They make it a place of springs, meaning they say, I'm going to gain. There's something to gain here and be blessed in the valley. When difficulty comes, prepare yourself for God to become like a spring rising up in you, bursting with new life. Anticipate God himself to reveal himself to you in extraordinary ways that you're that the dryness and the barrenness in your life in all areas will be filled up with bursting life, with pools of life. It says the autumn rains also cover with those pools. God is going to fill you with this presence when you pass through the valley. Verse 7 says they go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. So David's saying, I am getting stronger. I am getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm in the valley now. And I'm getting stronger and stronger as I pass through it. Huh? Not imploding it, not hiding it, not isolating it, but I'm passing through it. And by God's strength, I am getting stronger and stronger. I'm going from strength to strength. The last several years, man, the last couple of years have been just incredible for my family and I. Very exciting time, right, to be a part of what God is doing here at Share City Church. You could, the majority of people go through a lifetime of ministry and might not experience what we have experienced here. That we are, you know, we are living a dream, right? And all because of your serving and your generosity and your care for others. I mean, there have been some exhilarating Moments, as I read, as I agree with what the city said about us last week in that letter, it's been breathtaking. And there had times where, man, there have been some significant challenges, seemingly overwhelmingly, overwhelming challenges, battles, difficulty within myself, within my family. You know, within the last two years, in the midst of all that that brought us into this building, in that year... I mean, I had, prob- I, had, I had physical problems. There were problems with my heart. There were problems with my lungs. Pneumonia two times, bronchitis, hospitalized three times. 
there were, you know, I, I remember that the, um, there were problems with my, with, uh, my children, you know, and physically, some of the things they went through, fatigue within myself. I just want to see something because I, I don't want to put this out of order. I don't. Taking my child to acupuncture people, wellness practitioners, specialists, sitting there watching him and, and he can't live his life as he knew it. And then at the same time watching you serve and give and rise to the occasion, right? And so one moment on a mountaintop, one moment in the valley, one moment on a mountaintop as I see somebody come in here and sacrifice and serve and live at that faith even though they don't have much and are hanging in there by a thread even trying to get through life and bam, God does something incredible in their life and they're blessed and connected to something because they came in and did that and I see faith in action and I'm so, and it's like, and I know maybe I had a hand in that and it's like, boom, right? Next day, I can't breathe. I'm in a hospital. I'm fatigued. I'm weary. My wife's got to sometimes physically lift me out of the bed, whether it's a spiritual thing or an emotional thing or just a physical thing. You just come to realize one day there's a battle, one day there's a blessing. Sometimes the battle is the blessing, right? One day knowing that there are people that are coming in that God, that I really know that God has brought in by the way we ministered and how we do things, that God brought these people into our path and they're just giving tens and tens of hours. People own companies that are pouring in thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of labor into this building. People who have a skill or a trade that are putting in, I mean, tens and tens of hours that would amount to thousands and thousands of dollars. And, and they listen to me. It's not easy to listen to me when I'm in that mode. Don't kid yourself. And they're, just, and they're just so honoring me and, and, and caring for this church. And, and man, I am like on a mountaintop, right? Like God is so real. He's so good. He is truly Jehovah Jireh, my provider, our provider. And then the next day, maybe I'm in a hospital. Next day, I'm struggling. Next day, my heart's not right. And I'm being rushed to the hospital. And then I'm in the hospital and I got wires all hooked up to me. And I can't move. That's not a good thing when I can't move. The only thing worse would have been I couldn't talk. <laughs> and now the day almost comes to an end. It's almost midnight. And my wife's crying. And she's crying because she's in agony and pain. And they got to take my wife from my side. And that's a crazy thing for me. And I don't want them. And I'm yelling at them. I'm, I'm AMAing this baby. Get me out of here. You're not taking my wife from me. They're pleading with me. Please, please. She's in pain. She's in agony. She's crying. She can't, she's been having a spinal nerve problem for three months. She hasn't laid down in three months. So while I'm going through all this, my wife's not by my side in my bed every night. We're so close. We're best friends. And I got to watch her. I got to sit down. And she's in pain. And they take my wife down to the emergency room. And I am laying there with wires on here. My wife is down in the emergency room down there. And in the midst of this, there's my son back at home who has now began to struggle a bit with depression. Wonderful kid, full of life kid. He can't play sports. He can't read. He can't go to the movies. He can't do TV. He can't listen to music. He can't come in here and be with us as we sing and praise God and worship. And now, he, even now it's getting worse. He can't go and lead the kids in kids' church and be part of that and teach them. And he is fighting with everything he has just to hang on. That's a bad day, right? That's a bad week. That's a bad month. 
And then walk in my office the next morning, or I think it was maybe days later, and to find out that we got a hundred thousand dollar shortfall, meaning our lending company, nothing to do with us, said we have surpassed the amount of money we lend each year. There was a breakdown in some formulas, whatever it might be. Great company, O Street as well. And you know what? Even though all we to- even though we've given you that, we've told you yes, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do this. We can't. That's a tough morning, right? I would come in here, man, I'd be in pain. I'd come in here sometimes, I wouldn't even put the lights on. I'd walk in here, and I would sit on the floor, and I'd cry. I've never told you this before, I'd cry. And I would just lay here, just quietly, for maybe an hour sometimes. Not a lot. And then maybe I'd see one of you come in and and, and do something. You know, to paint or to clean. And, And it would just be, I'd go from, you know... That, that valley, I'm not going to be like I'd go to the mountain, but, but, you know, I'd be uplifted. And then I would see, you know, something incredible happening. So I'd be going, you know, one week valley, one week mountaintop. What, I'm battles and blessing back and forth. It was a day, there were weeks, and man, overall, it was a season. I, I honestly still am kind of tacking back and, and, and recovering and reflecting back spiritually and emotionally to all that has taken place. A lot of tough days, a lot of tears. And you're going to notice that. That when you're going to notice that mountaintops and valleys and valleys and mountaintops come close to each other. Depending on the magnitude of each one. Days apart, weeks apart, months within the same year. Depending on the significance and the magnitude of each one. So I just gave you the valley, right? And by the way, that, that, was a, that was a day, that was a week, that was a period of several months where I was in this very, very difficult place. My son's concussed systems last almost the entire renovation. Christy, for three months, I mean, for three months, she couldn't lay down. She didn't lay down for three months in pain, and then for probably five months in pain, and she's going to have spinal surgery and all that that went on. And my condition, not well with health, was going on for really on and off for the better part of the renovation and all that was going on. And that was one heck of a valley, huh? Well, this Saturday, I was on a mountaintop. <laughs> I was on a mountaintop, huh? Yeah. This Saturday, yeah. It, and you know, and it was, it was, it was every, it was going through the community days prior, and people saying, "Hey, congratulations!" I didn't know some people. Hey, that's great, and oh yeah, I read about that, and because you know, I put something in the paper prior to Saturday. Uh, I mean, people were texting me, telling me, "Hey, I hear what's coming. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for you." So when I stood there Saturday, and I stood, I come up to the front. First of all, I'm sitting there with other, just really. Uh, just good people, people who are very accomplished, people who, like myself, have served their city, and that's just a, a pleasure and a privilege to be amongst people like that. And then to go up there, to be called up there, and to have a, a congressman and representatives from the Senate and, 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 and the city and the mayor's office, and then they hand you, and, and they speak so, and, and they're speaking out. They're speaking out to the city. They're speaking out to the citizens and the residents of the city, and they're, you know, and they call me up after saying such wonderful things about myself and about you, the church. 
and just to hear them speak so well about the church. And as I said, that was our vision in the very beginning, which is me and Chrissy, when we sat down and said, okay, what's our vision? What do we, we want to be welcomed in this city. We want to make an impact. I mean, really make an impact on the city. We want them to be glad we're here. As I said, when we would talk about, people said, what church do you want to model after? And I'd say, Metropolitan Tabernacle, pastored by Charles Spurgeon in the late, somewhere in the 1800s, where when his leaders came to him and said, man, you know, the, the, you know, the disease and the plagues are just all over London and people are dying. We got to get out of here. And he said, no way. Far be it that we would leave this city, even like other churches, when the city needs us. Now let us stay here and battle with them. Let us, be, let us take care of people's needs. And that five years from now, if we were to leave, the city would weep that we would go. We would mean something to this city. I said, that's what we wanted. We want to mean something to this city. And now to stand there and to be acknowledged that way and for our church to be acknowledged that way. And I want to read you the citation they gave. And by the way, because they know how much I love you and I always talk so proudly about you and what you do. They not only gave me the citation, I don't know if this has happened before, they actually gave you a citation as well. So you, you, Chair City Church, and if anything shows that a church isn't a building, it's the people, it's right here, because you can't give a citation to a building, but you can give it to a group of people, right? So this, is from the, this was presented to me from a congressman, a representative, a state senator, from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the House of Representatives, be it hereby known to all that, the Massachusetts House of Representatives offers its sincerest, sincerest congratulations to Chair City Church in recognition of receiving a 2018 Heroes Among Us Award. That's your city. The entire membership, the entire membership, your membership of your state extends its very best wishes and expresses the hope for future good fortune and continued success in all endeavors to God be the glory. How awesome is that, right? Yeah. It was, it was a, and then when I got up there, there I see my son Justin and I see my wife and I see one of my other kids and I see, and I'm like, oh my God, we're here. How did we get here? People are congratulating us about the building. We've grown to hundreds of people. We've exploded. Lives are being changed. My son is healthier than ever. We are in the best place we've been in relationship. Christy and I are doing phenomenal. Christy's healthy with, with her spine. She's doing great. It's unbelievable. No injections, no surgery, no nothing. You know... That $100,000 gap was filled about, about two weeks, a few weeks later. Someone on our board, Nick Serban on our board is in California. He's at a conference. He's with a, a dignitary, somebody of influence. They run into another uh, couple, of, a, a party. Turns out one of the party is the president of the funding institution that we're working with. They start talking, um, you know, and next thing you know, about a week later, boom, $100,000 right into our account, huh? Right? So I got Mountain Valley Tops. Listen. Listen, it, the lower the valley and the longer time to pass through it, the higher the mountaintop. This is what I have seen in my lifetime. Our lives can go crazy. Wonderful things can, ha can happen, right? But, and it, it's a pilgrimage. It's a journey. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. We see this in our family. One week our marriage is great, you know, and the next, and the next week the kids are off the rail, right? Like what happened here, you know? I thought if we got our marriage right, it was going to help the kids, you know, back and forth. 
Our job's doing well, finances are ticking up. Oh, we got a physical problem, huh? Emotional problem. Things, you know, things come on us. Well, remember, your problems are your problems. They're not you. And there's a difference. I could preach on that. Your problems are your problems. Things that have happened in your life, circumstances. We say, they're not you. You are not your problem. If anybody ever tells you that, slap them. And tell you, say your pastor told slap them. You're knocking it out of the park in school. You're getting into that college or you, you got that award in high school and, and, and now relationships around you are starting to buckle here or there. Life is happening. All of this is life. And, you know, we, we, we kind of don't want that, right? We, we like to keep and stay on the mountaintop forever. We just want to remain on that mountaintop. You know, which even really unhealthy, we expect that from God. Like, hey, big guy, what are you doing? Just, just keep me on the mountaintop, right? I mean, isn't that God's job to keep us on the mountaintop? Not according to the Bible, it's not. We just, we want it to be good all the time. And as I say, I'm not like this, you know, super spiritual guy, like I want it to be bad, bring it on. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not even telling you, I'm just sharing you scripture. I'm just sharing you the truth. I don't want my wife to have that. I don't want my son to go through that. I don't want to come to a point where I can't get out of bed or I'm sitting here in this 18,000 square foot building in a, dark, in a corner in the dark crying. It's not, what I, it's not what I envisioned what I signed up for. They didn't teach me about that in seminary or in Bible college. We want to kind of live from one peak to another. And yet life is full of mountaintops and valleys. Listen up. We can enjoy God on the mountain. We can enjoy God on the mountain, but we get to know him in the valley. And it's just so true. And I've told you this over and over again. And I tell you that because when stuff happens, when life happens to one degree or another, I just don't want you to coil up and get in a shock and start taking control. And how do I get out of this? I want you to pause and know that God is with me. Huh? And as I say, where is God's hand in this? We learned so much about God in the valley. I grew so much. I am now seeing. I am seeing some of the effects of, my, of what happened that year in my spiritual growth. As I now respond to things differently, internally, externally, I'm like, wow, that, a shift has taken place in me, you know? And, I, and that happened because of being in that valley. See, the thing about the valleys is, you know, they reveal stuff. They reveal stuff about you, about your relationship, about your life. That's what it did for Christy and I when we went to plant the church that year and the year of the renovation. God is so faithful. He's so merciful. Know this. Valleys get my attention. They do. And I believe valleys will get your attention. When you get caught up on a mountaintop, when you're up on a mountaintop, listen, it's a cool thing. It's a good thing. And, And I'm and, and we pray for that, and I'm glad for that. But, but you know, you're in a different demeanor. You're in a different place. When you're up on a mountaintop, you're taking selfies, right? You're like, man, you know, this is awesome, right? Posting stuff on Facebook. There's a lot of cool distractions, right? You get caught up in it. But when you're in the valley, you're like, where's my devotional? Where's my Bible? Where's that app? I saw that saying, you know? Where's that verse, right? It's where you are, man. So you see, there's something about being in the valley, when, you, when you're in the valley, it's like, what time is church on Sunday? Or is there a life group tonight? You're not having a life group tonight? Can you start a life group tonight? <laughs> Valleys get our attention. It helps us realize that our, and is it, that our strength is insufficient. That's a great thing to happen. My strength is insufficient. You know, 
you know, it's funny because when people, you know, people now say, oh, yeah, you're a hero, you're this, you're that, and you're great. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this guy sitting in here, honestly, I, it just, the, the image keeps coming back to me over and over this last several days. Because people are saying such wonderful things about me and my leadership and my capabilities and how it's been so incredible and breathtaking and magnificent and pictures and a paper front page. And, and, I, and I, I, I'll take it, man. <laughs> I enjoyed sending things to my mom and a couple of friends. And, but I, I tell you what, I continually reflect back to that moment. And not because I have to, I just, it's just reality. Like, wow, how did that happen? It wasn't my strength. My strength was Zakai laying on the floor in tears. But God's strength lifted me up off the floor, brought us together, right? Supernaturally enabled you to work with me <laughs> and to do this together. It is his strength, not our strength. We don't get strong when things are easy. We just simply don't. Huh? And I want you to have easy times, and I want you to, but we just, we don't, I'm just, it's not a bad thing when things are easy. I'm just saying we don't get stronger there. I've never grown as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a friend, when things are easy, when things are going well. Those valleys re reveal stuff in our lives. Another thing about the valleys is it causes us to examine, to examine ourselves you're on a mountaintop, I'm losing, you know, focus. Maybe I'm getting a little self-indulged, you know. I'm thinking about myself. I'm now, now maybe I'm thinking about how I got here and what I've gained and how I'm going to protect that and keep that. And, and I have to worry about that and focus on that. It's just the nature of life, right? That doesn't happen in the valley, man. In the valley, our hearts are fixed on what's most important. I'm not telling you to go home and pray to be in the valley. And please don't pray for me to be in the valley. Don't do me any favors. I'm saying don't despise the valley. Don't implode in the valley. Don't let the valley overwhelm you. Pass through the valley, and knowing as you are, you're being blessed. You're being empowered. You're being strengthened, strength to strength. Do you hear me? Knowing that God is with you. And, and you do this so that you lean into God. When you get this process, when you believe this is happening, you now start to lean on God. He is the source of my strength. And now you're going to go forward and you're going to progress rather than go in circles. Psalm, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Meaning straight, bam, through that valley, huh? Right through it. Don't lean on your own understanding. It doesn't mean it's not true that the bills are out there. It doesn't mean it's not true that you got somebody, something going on in your life with your spouse or marriage or kids. It doesn't mean it's not true. It's that however you are perceiving it and looking at it, that's your understanding. And you're not God and your strength is insufficient. And if you look at it through your strength and only through that lens, you're going to muck this up. You're not going to go through the straight path. You're not going to go through the valley. You're going to circumvent that process. You're going to go around it thinking you have escaped it temporarily and you, you're missing the blessing. You're missing the blessing. You're not going from strength to strength. You're, you're taking control. And, and in a sense, now we go from one problem to another problem, right? But we don't want to live like that, do we? We want to lean into God. We want to trust in the Lord with all our heart and all our soul. Put aside our understanding and let's trust in God. Look, it's painful when you're in the valley. 
I had a battle most is within myself. Don't do that. Okay, how do I get a stop, Dave? Dave, Dave just stop. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, maybe, no, Dave, don't do that. I had a battle and battle and battle not to take control. The leaders of this church will tell you. I'm like, hold, 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 hold. Let's not do anything. Let's sit tight. Hold, hold, hold. Let's see what God will do. Just sit tight. Hold. Let's not take control. Just be still. Let's just wait. Let's just wait on God. When you're in the valley, I want you to tell yourself a few things. Got seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. I want, to tell, I want you to, when you're in that valley, don't tap into your a false narrative. Don't listen to what the enemy's saying to you. I want you to tell yourself to speak these things into your life. One, tell yourself, I am getting closer in the Lord. I, I, I am growing in the Lord, right? I am growing in the Lord. Tell yourself that. It said, verse 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrimage. I am getting stronger in the Lord. You want to say that to yourself again and again. I am getting stronger in the Lord. Even right now, you're, you're in the valley. You came in here this morning and you're in a valley. And there's so much Thing, so many things are pouring into your head. And what you want to say to yourself is, I am getting stronger in the Lord. And I am blessed because his strength is in me. And my heart is set on him as I journey through this valley. As I journey through life, this pilgrimage, I am getting stronger in the Lord. Right? Christian, and I went to a soul fest. Christy, me, uh, Lisa, Mark, a couple of adults, and, and 20 kids went to soul fest on Thursday. Left here at 7.30 in the morning. Got home like 2.30 in the morning on Friday it's a phenomenal day for the kids. I just, I just felt my age on all sorts of ways, man. I was hurting in places that I haven't heard. Oh, my, my. I felt like I got hit by a truck. But you know, the one act was this uh, guy called Big Daddy Weave, and, um, and he's a big daddy. And um, at some point, he turned around, he turned it, he gave the mic to his brother. And his brother's sitting there, and his brother's a big guy too. And I'm thinking, man, you know, and he's sitting on a chair, and he's kind of just rolling around on this chair. And I'm like, man, that's, that's just really putting it out there. Like, I'm really big, and I don't feel like standing in the heck with all of you. I'm going to sit on this chair with wheels on it and just, you know, do, okay. You know, that's your gig, and that's your thing you want to do. But uh, when he takes the mic, he's, he starts talking. about. I just want to say something to somebody, and I, and I just feel this is my story now. And I'm talking to somebody, to people out there who might want to take their life, or who are thinking about taking their life. And even right now, you just might be in that place you've had these ideations, these thoughts of wanting to do that. He goes, I just want you to hear this, man, that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, whatever it was, uh, I started having these problems in my legs, and it turns out, I'm going to just shortcut this fear, he had a disease, and uh, prayers, and this, and people putting hands on him, at the end of the day, they took off both his feet, they amputated the guy's feet, you know, 30-something years old, he said, I, I, I just was just devastated, confused in my faith. He said, my, my, one of the highlights of my life was getting up in the morning before my wife and making her coffee and get, you know, making her breakfast. I, I, I loved it, you know. It's not really, it's like that's, he goes, I couldn't even do it anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't even get out of bed with somebody helping me. He said, you know what, finally, I just, you know, I, I don't want to live anymore. He said, no, no, I, I, know, I, get, I don't want to live anymore. I, I, I'm a burden to people around me. My, my, all that I knew that was my life is seemingly not there. I, I don't want to live anymore. I really, I just, and I started hearing that. He said, and you know what? The funny thing is, when you hear it the first time, you're like, yeah, that's the enemy, that's Satan. But then it's just coming and coming and coming. And then you know what happens after a while? It, it, it becomes like, you, you believe it. It becomes part of your thinking, and you begin to embrace it. 
He said, you know, I, I, I almost got there. You know, but he said, in the end, because of my faith in Jesus, I'm crying out to Jesus, and because I was able to lean on others around me, that I didn't lean into my own strength. He said, I didn't do it, and, I, and I'm here today, and I'm well, he said, and I, I'm loving life. I have a whole new story. I have a whole new life, and, and I'm loving being here, and, I'm, and, I, and I believe that I'm even here today, that out of all these thousand people, one person will hear this. Don't do that. Don't listen to that. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God's got something for you, and there's hope, 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 yes? And so that's what I tell one, if anybody in here today, there's hope. Do not do that. Call me, call someone, tons of people in here you can lean on, you know. We are imperfect people. We fall, we fall forward, we fall on each other, we lean on each other. Yes? I am getting stronger in the Lord. Do not lose hope. As David said, my strength is in the Lord. David was growing stronger in the Lord. All right. Here's another thing you can say to yourself when you're in the valley. I'm getting stronger as I take steps forward. Go forward. No matter how hard, just go forward. No matter even the smallest steps. Verse six says, "As they passed through the valley of Baca, they made it a place of they made it a place of springs. The autumn rains also covered it with pools." You know, my father-in-law, you know, loves reading books about Mount Everest. Comes home from the library one day with all these books about Mount Everest. And so I don't know why, but he, he really he knows everything so much about Mount Everest. And there's this story about this older man. An up-and-age man that decided to go out and climb Mount Everest. And they say it takes 60,000 steps. I mean, to get to the 60,000 steps to get to the top of Mount Everest in all those horrific conditions. So when the guy comes down now, he does it, gets to the top. He comes down, exhausted, barely can stand this older age man, up and age guy, and his reporters waiting to interview him, and they ask him a question, like, how did you do this at your age, and to, to do that, how did it happen? And he said, I took one step at a time, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. See, so often when we get into the valley, all we see is 60,000 steps. And our mind starts going into the future in a really bad and negative way. And we start looking at our own strength. And how could this little bitty of, of us with, with little resources, you know, climb Mount Everest? And you don't want to be there. You want to be focusing on God and, and taking steps forward. You want to just think of God, know he's with you, and take a step forward. One, so, so what is your next step? What does that look like? Well, it's, we take steps here. How did we go from six people in a living room to hundreds of people on the front page and out downtown and people recognize us and people's lives being changed? We just took one step at a time, one by one. So how do you take a step? This incredible community of Christ followers that you're a part of, join a small group in the coming weeks, two or three weeks away from here. We're going to start promoting small groups right now. Look at your fall schedule. Say, I am going to be in a life group. I am going to be in a, meaning groups where smaller groups. There are things you can do in circles that, we, that you can't do in rows. Get into a life group. If, you, if you've come into our church in the last year or six months, get into a life group. How do you, be generous in your giving. Trust God with your finances. Step out. Take a step, especially when you're in the valley. The greatest stories and how people have, been, have gained freedom and finances have came that when in, they were in the valley, they trusted in God. Can anybody say yes to that? I'll put your names up on there, man, because I've seen it happen myself. It's been an incredible, it's been faith building to me. Remember, 
Decide to forgive somebody today. Decide to put aside anger. Decide to encourage somebody today. Yeah, yeah, when you're in a, just get, a, take a step. Move forward. Remember, you're passing through the valley. You are in the valley, but you are not the valley, right? Keep going. Being in church today is a step. For some of you, it's a massive step. And I thank God for you. And I'm so glad that you're leaning on him. Remember where your strength comes from. The last thing you want to tell yourself is that when you're in the valley is I'm getting stronger in my personal faith. That I am here now. This is all going on. And I am even right now as I say these words, as I acknowledge this, I am getting stronger in my personal faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to Psalm 7. I mean verse 7 of Psalm 84. It says, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. What he's saying is, they're going to heaven, man. They're moving on to eternity. They know where their ending's going to be. They will be in eternity. Wow, what he's saying is, we're gonna, you're going to get there. You're going to make it through. You're going to pass through it. There are low points. There are high points. But in the end, ultimately, there's eternity. Twists and turns from strength to strength. You're going to keep going before you appear before God. I just want to say this quickly. This is, you know, God has given us something. I'm watching it. I'm like, no other creature has this. They have it maybe minimally. A, a fractional amount of creatures have this in a way of maybe surviving, where to store food or when it comes to mating, or, meaning how to see the future, how to look into the future, how to perceive the future, how to compare the future. We're the, we're the only creature in all the universe that can do that. That, do you ever stop and think that way? Future orientation. It's significant in how you, how you gauge and live out your life. And of all the creatures in the universe, you're the only one that can do it like that. I, I, I'm thinking that God who created you enabled you to do that for an intentional purpose. It's called eternity. That you would turn around no matter what's going on and you'd be able to look forward and see you in heaven with your heavenly father and you would feel good. You would feel strengthened. You'd feel empowered. You'd be filled with hope. No matter what, you'd be filled with hope and that's warming and comforting and invigorating and empowering. It just is. And you just don't see all the muck and the mire around you. You're able to hear and see hope and possibilities and expectations. You're able to see the kingdom of heaven. That's why you can do that. What happens with us is, when we have an enemy and an adversary, and he speaks lies and deceit and discouragement into our lives. And so what happens is we now fill up that view with worries, anxieties, thoughts of problems, insufficiencies, and we're clouding up great, awesome picture in heaven. Is that making sense to you? It's just not how God made you. It's not how God wants you. When you're in the valley, don't stare at the problem. Don't, be impl don't implode at the difficulties. Look to heaven. Look to eternity. Know that step by step in God's strength, you will appear before him as you trust in Jesus and pass through the valley. Yes? All right, let's close this out. You know, I'm going to just, first I want to go into scripture to just uh, settle myself in here. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31 says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. 
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Remember that word wait is not passive. You're actively doing things to wait on God. You're waiting on God. You're moving. You're going forward. You're serving. You're trusting. You're giving. You're forgiving. You're encouraging. You're waiting on God. And you're passing through the valley. Because you know that one day there's going to be a mountaintop. So when we played the video in the beginning about Karenet, working with children, working with women and often young women who have a child in their womb and there's decisions to make and there's so much uncertainty often. And, and you know, my mom was 15 years old. She was one of those young women, not in the Karenet. There weren't Karenets in her day at that time in 1965. Abortion wasn't legal, she, but she could have had it. Abortions were very commonplace in lower-income areas. And it was set up for her to have an abortion at, at that age. And it was set up for her not to have me. Or, and, and you know, instead, my grandfather came over to her. And what, what a valley that must have been. And you know, I, as I've grown older, I've always, you know, it's, we often see our parents. The younger we always see our parents, we magnify their, their screw-ups and, and, and what we perceive as their issues and their wrongdoings. And the older you get, the more you, you really just begin to be humbled and, and say, wow, man, how did they do that? How did they get through that? How did they carry me through that? How did they manage that, right? So let's just hear it for parents right now. <laughs> and so here's my mom and, uh, and my grandfather. And someday I'll tell you more details. Just comes alongside, sits down next to her, puts his arm around her. I've told you, they're so poor. And he says, you know, now we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna love this baby. I mean, come, and she's in a valley. Life looks so dismal. I mean, what could she, you know, and, and we're going to love this baby. And, and she gives birth to me, and it, and it was, man, it was difficult so much. But then here, yesterday, on Saturday, I mean, on Saturday, Friday, I'm sending her these pictures, you know, of the awards. I'm sending her, you know, the paper. I'm sending her pictures of the paper. And she's sitting there, and God is good, right? No longer the valley. She's out there in Florida sitting on a mountaintop, right? <laughs> Thinking, man, oh, man, who would have ever thought? Who could have ever thought that from all of this depravity, from, from being in the deep depth of a valley, and she has faith, she understands this, that here I am now and 68 years old, and I'm sitting on a mountaintop, and I'm calling up my friends and my relatives saying, look, look, look what happened to Davy. Look what's going on. Hey, listen to me. To God be the glory for the great things he will do in your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my family. Most of all, I thank you for your love and your strength, oh God. Lord, how you have enabled me and us to go through the valley, oh God. How you have glorified yourself in us, oh God, as we've not leaned on our own strength or on our own understanding in Jesus' name, Lord, oh God. But we've thanked you for your son, Jesus, our Savior. Lord, we've held on to him and we've moved forward. And we hold on to the hope, the hope we have in Jesus because of who he is and because of what he's done. He's given his life for us so that we will have heaven. We will have eternity. And we say yes, yes, yes to that. And if you're in here today and you came in, and man, you are in a valley, or you're just somewhere in between, you know, you're just spiraling. Today's a day where you can just say yes to heaven, yes to Jesus, yes to eternity, yes to mountaintops, and yes to getting through the valleys, passing through them, being blessed and gaining stronger, and writing a new story. In Jesus' name, amen.